Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 583 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with a parent of a young child that has type 1 diabetes, and her name is Bonnie. You're going to like Bonnie. Why do I say that? Because I liked Bonnie. And you like the podcast. So, I mean, it stands to reason. You know, the podcast is just a reflection of my sensibility, and if you enjoy it, and I enjoyed it, you understand what I'm getting at. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Have you been staring at that A1C and that variability and thinking, I gotta do something, but I don't know what to do? Well, if you have, I would try the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes from the Juice Box Podcast. They begin at episode 220, and they can be found in your podcast player. If you're looking for a concurrent list of them, head over to DiabetesProTip.com to check them out. They are always free, just like the entire podcast is. You don't have to follow it like a class, you can do it at your own time. I think things might just go your way if you check it out. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Please check them out at touchedbytype1.org or on their Instagram and Facebook pages. The podcast is also sponsored by... Just a really long pause. That pause... um that was me trying to decide if I would put a GVOC ad here or trial nets ad here. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, GVOC Hypopen. Find out more at gvocglucagon.com forward slash juice box. I guess you figured out I decided to use GVOC. Um, that's pretty much it, actually. There's nothing left on the ad front. Just, you know, thank the sponsors, links in the podcast player. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com, all that stuff. Uh, check them out, support the sponsor, support the show. You know the deal. Let's get started, shall we? Hi, my name is Bonnie, and I have three children. I have a son who's 17, a daughter who's 15, and a daughter who is 11. And um, Abby, my 11-year-old, is also my type 1 diabetic. Ah. When was Abby diagnosed? She was diagnosed... Um, two weeks shy of her ninth birthday. So we've been at this for about two and a half years. Okay. Is there any other type one in the family? Not really. I, my, I think my husband has a, a cousin who was type one, but they were um, never really close. So I don't know for sure. all that much about it. Um, we have type two in the family, but um but really no type ones and no other um, autoimmune diseases that I'm aware of. Bonnie, you cracked me up. So you don't, so of the people who you're really familiar with in your family, no one has type one. Yes. But there, <laughs> but there is type one in your husband's family. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. That was great. I love the line you drew there. You're like, well, not really. Cause we don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Um, okay. So there's, there's a little bit, but not a ton, no other stuff you were saying, no thyroid, celiac, those no. kinds of things. Okay. Uh, so fair to say a pretty big surprise. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. What was um what was your first indication? I mean, I think it was a pretty, you know, common thing. We we started noticing that she was um drinking a lot and needing to go to the bathroom a lot. And um she was eating a lot. She's a she was a tiny, tiny little thing. And, you know, all of my children were, you know, really they're small um and skinny. So it was you know, we're like, Oh, great. We have an eater now. <laughs> you know, she was eating a ton, but she was still really, really skinny. Um, but I think it was definitely, you know, the, the drinking and the peeing. And, um, I feel like, you know, like most people, you know, you try to rationalize that one out and you're like, Oh, you know, she's, she's a girl. Maybe she is, you know, peeing a lot because, you know, maybe there's a urinary tract infection or, you know, you do lots of things in your mind to try to rationalize that one. I hear you. So how long did the excitement about what we're no longer going to be throwing away leftovers last until you were gave in and um, said something was wrong? It, I mean, that's the thing. I don't really know how far back the, the, that behavior was, was going on. I do remember that as it got, um, as we got closer to, you know, getting her diagnosed, I mean, it, I guess it was in the back of my mind for a while and I would, you know, mention it to my husband and we're like, ah, it's probably nothing. And then maybe like a week before we were, um, we were at an event with, with friends and she came over to me and she gave me a kiss and she said, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, go, go to the bathroom. That's okay. And my friend said to me, she's like, why is she, wh why is she doing that? I was like, I think she feels like bad that she's always having to go to the bathroom. And I was, and I said to her, I was like, I, you know, I think I'm a little worried. I was like, maybe I should take her in. Um, and then maybe a couple days later, um, my husband and I were really starting to get concerned. And the night before we took her into the doctor. My husband, he, uh, he's, um, a doctor and he's a dentist. I don't know why that would make him know this, but like, I guess he knew about ketones. And so we actually made her, um, pee in a cup and then he smelled it and he's like, Oh God. And he's like, this, doesn't smell right. And, and I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't know what ketones were. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, he said, do you, he's like, I'm really worried now. He's like, do you think we should take her to like urgent care? It was probably like nine o'clock at night. And you, I was like, you know you say, what? You're the one smelling the pee, man. Tell me. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and I tend to, he, you know, even though he's, he's a doctor and he's like, you know, more aware of like certain things than I am. Like when the kids are sick or, you know, I'm the calm one. I'm like, no, let's be rational. Let's not, you know, fly off the handle, you know? Um, but he was, he was really nervous, which made me nervous. Um, and so we ended up not taking her to an urgent care because Abby is a really, really, um, easygoing kid always has been, but her one, vice is like, she does not like the doctor and she freaks out every time I had to take her for anything. Um, and she just, so we didn't want to scare her, um, by like dragging her to like an urgent care 
at like nine o'clock at night or something. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to call the doctor and I'm going to, for, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm going to get her an appointment and we're going to go check this out. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. Um, you know, I don't think my husband or I slept that night. Um, but first thing in the morning, like, um, and this was the other thing. She's also very, she doesn't complain about anything. Um, if something's bothering her, like you have to guess that because she's not one to complain. She's not one to not be happy. She's just that kind of kid. So, um, that morning my husband walked into her room while she was getting ready for school. And he said that he saw her just sitting on the ground, brushing her hair, but it was almost like she was in like slow motion or something. Like she could barely like hold the brush or get it through her hair. She was kind of like in a daze. Like a horror movie. I'm sorry? Like a horror movie. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And again, that freaked us out. So um, I, <laughs> did you switch? Did, to, yeah, I, did you switch to, Hey, maybe Abby's possessed. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, like if she were a different kind of kid then maybe, but yeah. like, we were like, Oh, it was, it was, you know, it was very scary. And mm-hmm. so, um, now that I'm saying it, it sounds, you know, strange, but I, I took her to school cause the doctor's office didn't open that early. Um, and I got home and as soon as I got home, I called for an appointment and they said that they could get her in at like, I don't know, like nine 30 or something. So I literally had dropped her off at school. And then I called the school. I was like, look, I'm going to pick her up. I want to, you know, I want to take her in to get checked. I think maybe she has a urinary tract infection. Now I didn't really think that I was hoping that, but I, you know, that's what I told them. So I picked her up and she was kind of like, why are you picking me up? I was like, you know what, let's go take, let's go to the doctor. Let's get, let's just get this checked. You know, like I want to make sure, you know, you go to the bathroom a lot. Let's just see. And I didn't want to freak her out or anything. So we get there and, um, you know, they, it wasn't our normal doctor. I had never met this doctor in the practice before, but, um, you know, they had her pee in a cup and he comes in and he didn't say it right away. He, he said, you know, he was asking me, had she been sick before? Um, uh, I forget maybe a few other questions. And then he said, well, the good news is, you know, she doesn't have a urinary tract infection. He said, the bad news is there's sugar in her urine. Um, and you know, right then I kind of knew. Um, and I think that they did a finger, uh, a finger stick mm-hmm. and she must've been too high cause it didn't register on their meter. Right. Well, I have to, let me jump in for a second. There's this one kind of through line to the story you're telling that keeps popping in my head. And um, it's the first time I thought about saying it this way. There's such an interesting uh, vibe about people who have never really been through a medical issue before. And Mm -hmm. you just explained it perfectly. You know, and we, we always talk about it like, oh, I wrote it off or, you know, I was hoping it was this. Like when you've never lived with a medical thing, like that's your reaction. And it's pretty reasonable because most things end up not being anything. And, right. then, and then you have something like type one in your life. And now moving forward, every time someone looks weird, you're like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to figure out what that is right now. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You don't even like, it's how like we found like, like thyroid issues with my kids so quickly. Cause you're just right away. Like, did you notice that his temper didn't seem right there? Um, (laughs) You know, and you don't jump to like, he might be having a bad day. You're like, let's have his thyroid tested. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Right. It totally changes your outlook. But I mean, before that, you're right. Like my husband always has a saying, especially like I've, I've heard him like talk to patients. He'd be like, you know, they'd be like, could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be that? And he would always be like, don't look for the zebra. It's probably a horse, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and it makes total sense. And that's, you know, I tend to be the calm one, you know, in those situations. And I'm like, it's probably nothing. It's probably, but you know, you're right. It's like after this, you know, you have a different outlook on yeah. things. Yeah. Once in a while you're like, you know, there's probably going to be another zebra. Like I'm going to find it right. before we get to, until we get to the point where, <laughs> where Abby's slow motion walking around her school when I pick her up. <laughs> just, I, I don't know for some reason when you described her brushing her hair, I imagine when you got to the school, you looked down the hallway and she was just like, in slow motion coming towards you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's crazy. And then, you know, you feel guilt as a parent. You're mm-hmm. like, how long was this going on? How did I not see it? You know, but, yeah, but I just it exp- seems to be a common thread. <laughs> yeah. And we just explained how you didn't see it because pri- yeah. prior to that, people would get sick and they'd get better and you didn't have to do much about it. You only gave people right. medication if they were in pain or couldn't breathe. Right. That mm-hmm. I mean, for three kids, that was how you did it. I imagine. It's how everybody yeah, does it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it seems like it seems like you did a great how what was the time span of that, do you believe, from when you first started thinking, um, I don't know, maybe she's got a yeast infection to I gotta take her to the doctor. Like what what was that space in there? Um, probably like a week, but a week or so, but um but probably for a few weeks before that, I was noticing her drinking a lot and peeing a lot. Um, but kept it in the back of my head. Did they, I don't even know how I knew the symptoms of type one diabetes. I really don't. Um, I I guess I must've learned that at some point or, but I really don't even know how I knew to associate that. Yeah. Cause I didn't Google, I didn't Google that one. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I am not checking on this. This seems serious. No, really. Yeah. I was. I was like almost like in denial. I was like, nope. You know, because like when you do that, it makes it real. Wait, what, um, what about when the water bill came and it was so much higher from the flushing? Were you like, oh, God. <laughs> you're like, our water bill went up 23% this month. That's very, that's insane. Uh, no, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear that I don't want anything to be wrong. Especially when, mm-hmm. one, now that you know, too, you're just sort of like you swallow hard and you're like, hey, look. I need you to go to the doctor. We're going to get this tested because I'm worried about this. And it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it feels like saying it out loud makes it real. But of course, it, that's silly. It just, it just, it just makes it present. Um, exactly. I yeah. mean, I didn't even tell the doctor that I was, when I made the appointment, I didn't even say that I was worried about her being diabetic. I said, you know, maybe she has a urinary tract infection. Can we check that? <laughs> you know, so I, I get that. I also want to say that. That's the, that's a good idea generally. It's like if you have a if you have a very good feeling about what something might be, you don't want to lead the doctor to it, right? Right. You want to let them find it in case you're wrong. You don't want to, you don't want them to miss something that they would look for because you're already predetermining something. But you know, having said that, if you get to the end of the uh, the appointment, they're like, no, everything's fine. That's when you go. You sure she doesn't have diabetes? Because right, you know, exactly. Because right, right. I made the trip and everything, and she can't comb her hair anymore. So let's take a look right <laughs> um how, and and what was her reaction I, I mean she couldn't run away i guess because she was too tired so right i yeah. mean she was so the doctor was very nice and um he and and this was another thing that i i guess i was so 
ignorant about. I, I didn't understand what it meant that, you know, he's telling me that she has diabetes because his, you know, he said, okay, so what you're going to do now is I want you to take her down. We, we don't live very far outside of the city. So he said, um, I want you to take her down to Columbia children's emergency room. Um, and I was like, Whoa, what do you mean? I was like, why are you sending me down to the city? Um, you know, there are hot, why can't I take her to the hospital here? Well, first of all, why do I have to take her to the hospital? Right. Second of all, like, why can't I, I take her up here? Why do you, and he's like, well, they're the best there. And I said, okay. I was like, but you're sending me to a city children's emergency room. Like I'm going to sit with her like in an emergency room and wait for them to take her. And this still haunts me what he said next. He said, he said, you're going to go down there and you're not going to wait because she's going to be one of the sickest kids there. And I said, I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Because yes, I was looking at my child who, you know, was definitely, you know, skinny and she was, I guess, seemingly tired. Um, and, um, but, but it, she didn't seem like a sick kid to me. I didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. So when he said that to me, that kind of like rocked my world a of little course. bit. Um, yeah, because he's like he's basically telling you, look, the ones that are dying go in first, Bonnie. That that's don't right, worry about right. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I didn't see that in her. I didn't look at her and see that that then. So um, so you know, we did what he said. We um, my husband met me at home. We packed up a few things and we went down. Um. And as I said, it's not very far. And again, they, they took her right away and they, um, we went, we were in the, uh, emergency room for a while and I, you know, it all started. And this is a kid who I said, you know, is such an easy child. And the one thing she's afraid of is like doctors and shots, you know, Mm -hmm. the irony just still, it's laughable, but, um, she, uh, you know, they had to put IVs in her and I can't tell you how amazing they were at the hospital. They put those, um, those VR goggles on her right? and they had like a child life. Is that what they're called? Child life specialist or I don't know. They have this, they have people at the hospital, I guess, like in, especially in a children's hospital, they come and, you know, I guess they help you know, the doctors like get done what they need done. Um, and so they, they came and they were like, they did have, you know, they weren't like rushing her. Um, they put these VR goggles on her and they were letting her play this game. Um, and they put this numbing stuff on her arms, you know, before they put the IVs in and like, they just made it really as easy as, as it could have been. Um, so we were really, really lucky there. And, um, and they told us that they would move her to the PICU, um, but they didn't have a place for her yet. So they were going to do everything that they were going to do in the PICU um, in the emergency room. Hmm. And she just sort of, I mean, was she in DK? She was. She right? was. Yeah. She was. I think when they got to the, when we got to the hospital, her blood sugar was over 600. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting how in your mind it feels like this long journey. And then when I asked you how long it was, you thought, well, maybe a week or a couple of weeks. But it sounds yeah. like when you tell the story, it sounds like you smelled her urine in October and in March you took her to no. the hospital. But, but, no, I, I don't mean like you, no. I don't mean you, I don't mean you told the story well, it, not well. I mean that it, it just, 
it, it's interesting how when something like this happens with hindsight, it gets broken down into these just very tiny pieces that everything feels so stretched out and um and and important when you look back. Yes. It's really it's, yes. it's really something actually. Well, yes. Okay, so obviously she's all right cuz you're here talking about it. And yes. um they sent her now I have to say this. The 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 tone of your email to me about being on the podcast was just that in general you felt very lucky how everything has happened for your daughter with diabetes. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, I mean, not a lot of people say that, <laughs> but, but I guess well, it's, I, it starts with you being <laughs> in a really great hospital where they do, you know, do things well for her. I mean, honestly, VR goggles to distract a kid. I didn't know that existed. I, yeah, I, I had no idea. Um, and it really, it really did. You know, obviously she couldn't see what was coming. So that was a plus and she was distracted. I guess she was playing some game. I don't even know how VR goggles work, mm-hmm. but I guess she was playing some game in there. Um, I have a, I have a great picture of her like sitting on this hospital bed with like, they put a, um, you know, uh, one of those surgical caps on her and then the VR goggles mm-hmm. and like, you know, she looks ridiculous, but she was okay. Yeah, You know, she, she didn't, you know, freak out like she could have. So once they explained to you that she didn't have lucky charms in her urine, but she had mm-hmm. diabetes. Cause I love that. He's like, there's sugar in here to a person who just, <laughs> to a person who has no idea about diabetes, you would just be like, okay, is there not sugar in our pee? Like, I didn't know that. Like, how would uh-huh. I know that? You know, um, what kind of direction did you get after she was stabilized? And did they go right to like, how did they teach you about diabetes there? So um, I guess we were really lucky because I I've heard, you know, people can spend days in, in the hospital and she was really only there. Um, We went into the hospital like Thursday morning and we were home by Friday evening. Wow. So yeah, no, it, yeah. (laughs) What hospital was this? It was Columbia Children's. If you're around there and you get diabetes, that's the place to go. Hey, I'm going to play the ads now. I'd appreciate it if you listen to them. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. All right, I'm almost done. I just want to thank everyone who has supported me at buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box podcast. There are almost 300 followers for the page, 35 members, and just a bunch of lovely people leaving messages of thanks and support and a couple of dollars for me to buy a coffee with, which I don't do. I usually buy hard drives and stuff like that for the podcast with the money, uh, pay my bills, stuff like that. But um, I'm just going to read you one here. It's the latest one. Started listening two and a half years ago, shortly after my daughter was diagnosed initially listened for the incredibly helpful information and comfort of knowing that I wasn't alone. I'll explain what that was in a second. And comfort of knowing that I wasn't alone. 
still listen to most of the episodes because it helps me to keep ideas fresh in my mind and for the sense of community. I also like the pieces of life perspective that are mixed in, such as enjoying the chance to hold my daughter's hand in the middle of the night during a finger stick, and learning recently that my husband isn't the only male who prefers not to shave his face every day. She thought he was just being lazy, and then uh, she found out I don't like it either. Anyway, buymeacoffee.com forward slash juiceboxpodcast. Just a, a ton of kindness there for me, and I wanted to take a second to say I appreciate it. And that little cash register that you just heard, that was indelicate. I didn't like that. But um, somebody just bought a sweatshirt from juiceboxpodcast.com. And uh, my app tells me when that happens. Actually, a few people have done it today. Must be because I lowered the price. Anyway, um, that's kind of an ad for me, isn't it? Well, I'll take it. I don't have to pay for it, but I still get it. Perks of being the boss. Let's get back to Bonnie now, shall we? Yeah, honestly, like I could not recommend it more. Um, so she actually never ended up going to the PICU because I, I don't even know what they, I don't even know like what their criteria were, but I guess she, they were managed to like stabilize her enough that probably by one in the morning, they moved us to a room, Hmm. um, and not the PICU. So we, um, she was in a, a room there. And then the next morning, um, they came and they began our education. Um, and I guess they figured we, we had enough of an education and she was stable enough that we could bring her home Friday evening. Do you think so. your husband being a dentist had anything to do with it as much as I think that's silly, I'm asking? I mean, truthfully, like they they went through everything with us and they didn't let us leave obviously until like we both could, you know, we practiced giving, um, shots in, you know, that cushion thing. And then we both stuck our own fingers and we both had to, um, you know, do a finger stick on Abby. Um, and you know, we were really intent. We didn't want to stay in the hospital. We didn't want her to have to stay in the hospital. So we were really intent on like, learning everything that we had to learn as well and as quickly as possible so that we could take her home just because, you know, we wanted, you know, everybody's more comfortable. Nobody wants to be in the hospital. Um, and so, um, I guess we, we, we did a good job and they were also really, really good. And, um, I, I don't know how it works in, you know, with, with most situations, but the, the practice that we see is affiliated with the hospital. They're literally right across the street and they were the ones who came to the hospital. So it's not like I had to find an endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. Like this, these were our endocrinologists and um, they were amazing from the outset. And um, they sent us home with um, pens and obviously finger sticks. But again, I don't know how my husband knew about this probably because he sees patients and he's, you know, he sees, I guess he's seen people who have these things, but he knew about continuous glucose monitors. And so before we left the hospital, he was like, I want one. And, um, we couldn't get the Dexcom right away, but we left the hospital and she was wearing a Libre. 
<laughs> he didn't want to smell pee anymore. That's what it was. He's, that, you know what? <laughs> maybe. He's like, listen. He didn't want to smell like ketone filter. Yeah, whatever <laughs> keeps that from happening to me again. Let's let's get one yeah. of those. So she rolls, <laughs> she rolls out the door with a Libre and some needles. And some pens. And yeah. some pens, excuse me. That's amazing. Really cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was great. And then literally a week later, um, I had a Dexcom on her. Okay. What made you switch? Was it just the continuous nature of it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, in the short time we were at the hospital, um, we were, you know, Googling and looking up stuff. And, you know, Dexcom popped up pretty quickly. And he's like, you know, we want this. And um, it was actually a really funny story because, you know, how every, obviously everything happens at once. Um, so she was diagnosed. It was December 13th. It was, um, two weeks shy of her birthday. She was born on December 30th. And then a week after she was diagnosed, we were set to leave for like, um, for a vacation mm. and in the hospital, like, we, we, you know, we kept saying to the doctors, we're like, we shouldn't go away. Right. We shouldn't go away. Right. And they're like, wink, wink, you know, like, please say that, you know, in yeah. front of my child, like we shouldn't go away on this vacation. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're like, you can totally go. It's totally fine. You're going to be fine. Bring your insulin, bring, you know, bring all your stuff. She's going to run a little high. It's okay. But yeah, go away. And we're like, Oh crap. They, <laughs> um, they didn't get the idea that you were scared out of your mind and didn't want to go on vacation right. with a newly diagnosed exactly. kid. Exactly. a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Let's try this again. Um, I'm going to say we can't go on vacation, <laughs> right? And then you're going to say, yes, that would be a bad idea. Do not go on. Well, listen, it's, it's good. <laughs> I mean, they pushed you out of your comfort zone pretty quickly. That's for sure. But you know what? It was, I'm sorry. Wait, my earpod fell out. I'm going to put okay. it back in. <laughs> um, so, um, it, it really was the best possible thing. Did I enjoy that trip? No. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we went and we did it and we didn't kill her. Um, and we learned a lot. And like literally we, we were leaving early Friday morning and we were flying too. It wasn't like we were driving or anything. So mm -hmm. we had to figure that all out. Um, and literally Thursday night, I slapped the Dexcom on her. Okay. So I, and I didn't know anything about it. I, I have to say, I mean, I know I love Dexcom and I'm so thankful for it every single day. I know some people have issues with it or problems or they say about their customer service. Well, the way I put a Dexcom on her was I called the number and one of the options is like, are you a first time user? So I click, you know, whatever that option was. And I had some woman who literally talked me through the entire process for like probably like a good hour and a half from wow. like setting it up to downloading the app to physically putting it on her. Like I had this woman on speakerphone. I'm like, okay, now where do I put it? Mm. And she's like, and she was amazing. Cool. Um, so I was very happy about that. Yeah. No. Well, that's really, that's, that's a, what made you. I guess what what made you so uh, vigorous in your in your pursuit of this stuff so quickly? Like it sounds like you knew more than you should have at that time. Like where do you get that information from? Honestly, I I didn't. I I really think my husband was the one who drove that. Um, he was like, you know, I think we're you know sitting in the hospital room that night, and 
you know, we're not sleeping. And I think, you know, we're on our phones. And he was like, he knew about continuous glucose monitors. So I guess it didn't take him long to figure out, you know, which one. Um, and already we we're like, you know what, we knew that insulin pumps existed. We just, you know, needed to research about which one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think her insulin pump came about four or five months later. Was she on board with that idea? Yes. Yeah. She yes. didn't enjoy the shots? No, 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 she didn't. She got okay with it. Um, it was hard in the beginning, but again, she's a very easy child. So, you know, and we're not opposed to bribery, you know, <laughs> we're like, you know, do this and, you know, we can do this or we'll get you this. Or <laughs> it does easy mean, I don't mean to dip into your easy life. Easy means far. like she wants, she's very, she's eager to please. Um, and she's very go with the flow in terms of her personality. Um, but do you think and, she would do something she didn't want to do to make you happy? Um, she, she, I think she saw that like, you know, wearing the Dexcom meant that we didn't have to prick her finger all the time. So yeah. that was what she, so that was something she wanted. Right. And wearing an insulin pump. Yeah. She doesn't like it when we have to change it, but it also means she doesn't have to take shots. Yeah. So I think she's, Smart enough to realize all that. Yeah, and I I didn't mean that. Like, are you sure you're not? Uh, you know what I mean? Manipulating. Right, her. No, I didn't I, mean it that. I just meant like, <laughs> is it in her nature to say yes to something if she didn't want to, or would yeah. she have the chutzpah to step up if she had to and say, "Hey, look, I, I see that this seems like a good idea to you, but here are my reservations." Like, does she ever, like, does she ever um, chime in? Well, she as a as a child, it was always funny because she was not as a young child, she was not a very like adventurous child. So like if there were kids who were like um, going down like a big slide, you know, she would have no qualms about being like, Nope, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that was fine, you know, like, um, but I think like I've, I've heard you say before, um, we're also the type of parents where, you know, we'll let them have certain decisions and certain decisions are not going to be totally up to them. Right. You know, um, we knew that this was probably a better way to handle it. So we would do what we had to do to make her okay with it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, I, we knew it was better for her. Good. No, I think that's perfect. I'm, I'm on board with what you did. I was just wanted you to mm-hmm. explain it because other people are listening. And right. uh, I can't just tell them everything all the time. Right. They'll be like, you didn't let Bonnie talk. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we have to get this point out. This point has to come out. That, th- And that point very simply is that you don't make n- let nine-year-olds make like medical decisions. about. Right, right, <laughs> right. Nine. I know this is better yeah. for you. I know it sucks. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make it okay for you. Um, but this is what it's going to be. Right. Here, here are our <laughs> options. These are right. the best of them. We're going to try these and see what happens. Right. And yeah. and I did, you know, when I put the Dexcom on her for the first time, she was scared, you know, and I was too. I didn't know how it would feel for her. I mm-hmm. didn't know if it was going to hurt. I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, uncomfortable wearing it. I said, and I said to her, I was like, look, I was like, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, we'll figure something else out. Yeah. Um, but I was like, but I want you to try this. And that's, that's really actually how I broach things with her. 
Arden's first Dexcom was put on in a doctor's office. That's how long ago Arden got on Dexcom. If you wanted to wear it, you had to go there to have the first one put on. Uh-huh. So we had to go into the city, you know, because you had to go to the main building where, like, the lady who really knew what she was doing was. And, right. um, and then we got there, and she didn't do a good job putting it on her. And I drove, you know, an hour home. And she's, God, how old was Arden then? Not that old. I'm guessing around, how about that? I have no recollection of exactly how old she was. <laughs> Five, maybe-ish, uh-huh. right? In that range one way or the other. And um, we got home and my wife was there and she's showing it to my wife and everything. And then finally Arden's like, this thing really hurts. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, does it hurt? Does she think it hurts? Because mm-hmm. she's like aware of it. Um, how long do we let that go? And so my wife and I, like, like we huddled up. I'm like, all right, what do we do here? <laughs> Kelly goes, she really seems like she's in pain. And I was like, I know. But, Maybe she's just not accustomed to it, or maybe she's, you know, being her age or something. And we just set a certain amount of time. And I said, um, all right, listen, if it still hurts in an hour, I'll change it for you. But we're going right. to put another one right back on. Like, I did mm-hmm. not want her to feel like all I have to do is say this thing's uncomfortable and then I don't have to wear it anymore. And I don't know if that's what she was doing or not, but I didn't want the possibility that that's what, what she was right. doing. Right. So we waited a little longer. She said it really hurt. Um, I went online and researched it a little more and came to the conclusion that I did not see the woman pinch up at all when she put it on. She just slapped it on her and like pushed the button basically. Uh-huh. And so I put a new one on. I I just visually did what made sense to me. I figured like, okay, well, the sensor comes out this way, about at this angle. So there needs to be a lot of like flesh right there. And um, I put it back on and she was not bothered by the second one. Now, I don't know if I did a different job or if it just was more comfortable to her because I did it and not that, who knows, right? But right. that's how we handled it. But that my biggest fear in that moment, I guess I should say my biggest fear that Arden was in pain, but that would be a lie. My biggest fear was that she was going to see giving up as an option right there. Right, you know? right. And you know, you wanted this for her. <laughs> well, you know what too? And in hindsight, forget wanted it. I mean, Arden's health is not, anywhere near where it is now our understanding of diabetes would not be anywhere near where it is now if we didn't do that that day right so right just had to be that's all i i agree with you certain things just have to be and we have to do what we can to make it okay <laughs> yeah. it would be like if someone said listen you have to have oxygen to walk around all day and you're like i don't want to do that right yeah. right right <laughs> no of course you don't because no one would want to do that um, and nobody wants to wear a continuous glucose monitor. That is not a thing that people get up in the morning like, oh, I'm super excited. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wear a glucose monitor. It's just you have diabetes now, so your rules change. And right. now there are different things that you need to do. And right. there are ways to do it with glee and um, a lightheartedness. And there are ways to where you fight tooth and nail the whole way. And I even wonder sometimes when people complain online about companies if some of it's just not that they're just pissed that they have to do it at all. And then it doesn't go perfectly. So like this place sucks, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can't say diabetes sucks because then that kind of gets attached to you, you know, because that feels, it feels like it's part of you. So now you're complaining about yourself. So we'll pick an outside thing that's tangentially attached to diabetes. And I'll be like, that thing's horrible. Not to say the companies don't mess stuff up. 
um, you know, and, and sometimes customer service lacks in places and sometimes it's amazing and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I just do wonder what people are mad at when they're mad because you have this thing that's showing you your blood sugar direction and speed constantly. Uh, and 20 years ago, people were boiling, you know, their urine to figure urine, out. Urine, right. <laughs> like, just, you know, you're like, hey, nothing's perfect, but this seems way better than the other thing, you know. I totally agree. Yeah. So um, how is she now present day? Like, what's it like for her to have diabetes right now? So um, she's always had a really good attitude. And we have tried so hard to, um, how should I say it? Like, we we keep it really, really light. Um, we we, she has, she and my husband share the same kind of dark sense of humor. So, um, you know, they're constantly joking about, you know, it, it, you know, if she's low, we're not like freaking out, you know, we're, you know, we're making a joke out of it. You know, she'll, she'll come up to us and be like, I feel low. And my husband will be like, well, is your tongue hanging out yet? You know? Mm. Um, cause when it is, you know, you let me know, I'll give you some shoot, you know? So, um, and she thinks that's funny. And I think like, the lighter we keep it, the, you know, the easier it is for her. You know, she doesn't, she's not one that looks at herself like, oh, I have this. Like there was um, this assignment that she had to write in English class. It was, uh, I guess they had read something and they had to like write a, a poem that was similar to it. It was like my birthday wishes or something. And I think a lot of it was like, I wish, you know, this wasn't there and I wish that wasn't there. And I read hers and hers was, she, ta she definitely talked about, um, you know, COVID and like, I wish, you know, I could be in school more. I wish I could see my friends more. I wish, you know, this, you know, this disease didn't exist. And it, um, I wish I didn't have homework, you know, all like yeah. normal kid stuff. And not once did she mention diabetes. Right. I would have said I wish they didn't give Sebastian Stan so many lines in Falcon and the Winter Soldier because. Oh, my God. Did was, you watch that? I watched he, that. He too. was not a great actor. I think he was perfect in the movies where they just grunted a couple of times. And before <laughs> he starts emoting and I'm like, uh, is, I don't like. No. It's an, it's <laughs> I wish WandaVision was longer than it was. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, but no, I, get, I take your point. Like it's it, she doesn't see diabetes right away. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't see, she doesn't see herself like that. And I think like of anything, you know, we could achieve with this, that, that would be what I want mm. that I don't want her to feel, to feel different. I don't want her to, and, and I don't think she does. Um, so she is fine with it. She, and when I, when I wrote to you and I said, you know, all the, like, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm generally not that person. I, I tend to be like a pessimistic person, but like in this, like I saw right away, like I felt lucky that she was the age she was. Like I couldn't imagine, you know, a baby or some, or, or a teenager, a full on teenager, you know, um, I saw the challenges immediately with that. Like she was definitely young enough, but old enough, um, when she was diagnosed right. and we had great supports and we had, you know, she was the type of kid that she was. Um, and I saw all that and, um, you know, I, she's doing fine. She, 
uh, we obviously, um, you know, take most of the control with it, but um, this is the first year that she is texting diabetes with me in school. Nice. Um, it it kind of helped that, um, that, you know, she was only going like two days a week for most of the year. Um, so the other days she was home, but even like when we're at home, I can, you know, tell her to bolus and she knows how to do that. Mm. Um, and even like, you know, the nuances of it, like sometimes like, like if you're below, I think if you're below 70, like the, the Omnipod won't let you bolus or it's just because you have it set that way. Yeah, I must be like, yeah, yeah, it won't let you bolus. It'll say, or or it won't let you use the calculator. I'm sorry. It'll let you bolus. It won't use the calculator, um, the bolus calculator. So we figured that out. And now like she knows that trick. And I think like my husband was going to bolus her one time and she's like, daddy, daddy, don't put 68. You have to put 70 because then it won't let you, you know? And so she knows that. Um, does she know how to make like all all the nuances of it? Like, oh, you know, you're going to eat soon. So, um, you know, you're running low, so I'm not going to bolus you yet. Like, no, she's not making those kinds of decisions. But mm-hmm. if I tell her to do something, she can do everything from like increasing her basal to extending a bolus. Like if I just tell her how to do it, she'll do it. Right. That's cool. Hey, I think you can lower that number in the PDM, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look. Cause I had ours as okay. low as possible. I did not want anything telling me I couldn't bolus. So, right. um, yeah, but take a look if that bothers you. you can, I think you can change it. Uh, no, but I, I also take your point about the timing because not so small, but not old enough where she feels real cemented into like, this is who I am and you're interfering with this, like that teenage right. thing. And you have a couple of years here to figure out diabetes before the period start, which is nice because mm-hmm. uh, it is going to get like, it, it, it's, it's possible it's going to get more difficult, you know. I think happens. it already is like oh, really? she, she does not have her period yet, but I, de- I mean, she's growing. Mm. She, she eats a ton. Um, and you know, there are some things like, I just don't understand why they happen. And, you know, I'm kind of chalking it up to like, okay, she's growing or it's hormones or I don't know what the hell is happening, <laughs> but <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, just stay flexible. Like, I really think yeah. that's the fourth wall of, of, what I talk about, I think it's, you know, basal, pre-bolus, glycemic load index, and then flexibility after that. Because mm-hmm. you have to take what you understand and apply it to the situations. And the situations are going to continue to morph and move and things like that. And you can't be frozen in that spot where you're like, I don't understand. Like, these settings worked yesterday. Like, you you, you right. just can't do that. You have to be able to say, I don't care why, but it appears like more insulin is necessary today than it was yesterday. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and I like right. the dark humor part. I Arden started working out after classes again, mm-hmm. and um, I'm having trouble beating it into her head to set a temp basal prior to working out. So she's doing this exact same workout that is taking her right to 55 on her blood sugar every time. Like it just, it's mm-hmm. like magic. I said, Arden, look, let's just set the, you know, and she's, uh, she's not ignoring me, but I think she's feeling something out and I'm just letting her do it so she can have the experience. So she's like working out coming upstairs and eating some sort of like bar. I don't know. And, um, and I'm like, you got to eat the bar sooner because it takes longer to digest. It's not hitting the low. And she's like, just kind of like, I'm letting the whole thing happen and let it play out. But she got into the shower the other day after she worked out 
And like, she wasn't going to make it. So I'm looking at her uh-huh. CGM and I'm like, it's not going to work. Like she's not getting out of the shower without intervention of some kind. So I walked by the doors locked. I knocked and she goes, what? I said, <laughs> you're going to die in there. <laughs> and she goes, I'm okay. And I was like, I appreciate that you feel that way, but you're wrong. And I'm going to bring something <laughs> into you, you know? So we have those, we have those little locks. I don't know if people like, like we let our kids lock their doors, like, cause you know, that seems important to give them autonomy, but you can also unlock the door from the other side. So I just like uh-huh. pop the lock. I'm like, I'm coming in and my hand just goes over the bar with the juice. And then she gave it back and I said, all right, enjoy your mm-hmm. shower. And you know, I kept going, but she would have right. wrote it out. Cause she's trying right. to prove something to herself. I think. Right. Right. You know, so. and she's a teenager. Yeah. So. And she's like, I just worked out and took a shower. Like, leave me alone. I have like a whole plan for today. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, and it involves watching something apparently called big mouth on Netflix now, which I, I haven't, know that I haven't one. watched yet. So some, I think it's a dirty cartoon. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I like it. I like the whole vibe. I like the way you're going after it. I hope it keeps moving that way. A lot of it's got to do with your, uh, attitude. Right. Which you can't say enough about, um, that the, uh, it's interesting that you said you're pessimistic generally. I think this part of the country, like complaining is a sport. So <laughs> yeah. I love to complain. I don't even know how to explain to you how much I enjoy complaining. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we say that all the time. I think, you know, you know, cause you know, we're getting older and we'll be like, Oh, I'm tired. And then we'll be like, you know, no, I'm really not. It's just a filler line kind of thing, you know, (laughs) just a state of being, you know? Yeah. No, I just, I can't even like, I had to stop myself because my wife's like, it's too much. And I'm like, but it's so enjoyable. Like, she's like, you're not upset. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm not upset. I just love to complain about things. Do you not love to complain about things? I don't. I was like, oh, I don't know why. It's fantastic. But you don't do that about diabetes. No. And right. we, we have tried from the very beginning to like, I will get frustrated and I try my very best not to show that to her mm-hmm. because I don't want her to ever think that it's something she's doing or, and, and with food, she's, I just listened to the podcast about sneaking food. And thankfully, at least right now, like she's not a kid who who's doing that, right. but she will say to me, you know, even from the very beginning, she will say to me, um, can I have this? Is that okay? And from the very beginning, I was like, yes, absolutely. I was like, we will figure it out. Um, and in my head, I'm like, oh crap, do you really, really want to eat that? But in my, you know, <laughs> outwardly, I don't, I don't say that to her. Um, obviously, yes, we will figure it out. Abby, we can um, bowl us for anything in your minds that, in your mind's eye, you're like, son of a bitch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. That's exactly it. I'm like, absolutely sure. And then I'm like, oh, I mean, truthfully, the only time I that I still really get upset is if I if is if I can't say yes to something. Like if she's like crazy high for some reason and like she wants something. And I'm like, and even then I'm like, you know what? We can't do it right now. I was like, but I promise you, you will be able to have this. And sometimes like it was even like the next day or something. Mm -hmm. But I was like, but I promise you, you will be able to have this. That feeling, that feeling right there is what is how I, is how I figured out how to crush it and catch it. Like that, 
right there. Like that mm-hmm. idea of, oh my God, we're in a scenario where I absolutely, for medical reasons, have to say, you can't eat that right now. And I don't right. want to be in that situation. It happened <clears throat> very recently around the holiday. And I think mm-hmm. I talked about it on the podcast, but it might have been Thanksgiving where we had a situation. I see, yeah, I explained it out. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me one second. <clears throat> See, it's some it's spring around here. Everything's just pollen and green. It's terrible. <laughs> um, I'm going to forget the exact thing that happened, but I think what happened was she was upstairs. I told her to, it was at the end of an infusion site. I knew it had to be changed. There was a miscommunication. Some insulin didn't go in. The pump site got swapped right as this like treat type food happened. And I made this massive bolus that I thought handled it, and it didn't. So now mm-hmm. it's two hours before Thanksgiving dinner, and her blood sugar was like 270. It was like really higher, way higher than we usually see. So we had this mm-hmm. interruption with the insulin. And I just looked at it, and I looked at the food, and I was like, all right, the food's going to be done around here. I cannot let her blood sugar be an issue at that point. And I just, I think I injected some insulin just to make certain that it, it was going to work. And I put her into a free fall that coincided mm-hmm. with Thanksgiving dinner because I, well that worked <laughs> yeah but I just couldn't I couldn't see I couldn't stomach the idea that Thanksgiving dinner would roll out on the table and she'd feel like she couldn't eat like, I didn't right. want that um, but right. from experiences like that in the past that's how I learned to do that it's how I learned how to pre bolus for cereal so well because mm-hmm. like in my mind I was like if we create a fast enough fall and time it with that incredible kick of the cereal. Like then that, then that tug of war that I make happen with a normal meal, I could make happen with this too. And it's, it's most of the things that I figured out that I eventually talk about on the podcast come from a desire to not make Arden's life different. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, and everybody can figure stuff like that. Trust me. I, I don't know how many times you need me to say it, but I'm an idiot. So if <laughs> I figured this stuff out, you really can do it too. I mean, I know people say that and it's supposed to be this thing, but I really, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really good at anything else. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good at this maybe for Arden. You know what I mean? I think if it wasn't right. even Arden, if it was me, I don't even know that I'd be very good at it. Well, no, but I mean, I, that's what I that's what I want. I mean, I think that's what everybody wants. I want, I listen and I want to, I want to be able to do this for her and I want to get good at it. And I don't, I mean, she's, she's fine. I mean, her, her A1C is fine. I mean, I think it's pretty good, but I still, I still feel like we roller coaster too much. I don't feel like I have a a good grasp of like how to handle the food yet. Um, Mm -hmm. We definitely always pre-bolus. Um, I've listened to all of like the pro tips um, and and I listen again and again. I'm still trying to get the whole fat protein thing. Um, but I want, I want to be, um, I want to be like a diabetes ninja. You're like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of um, diabetes. So <laughs> I want to get that. I'm, I feel like I'm not a good rookie and we're, we're two and a half years in and I don't know, I guess I feel like I should be better at it than I am, but I well, don't know. At two and a half years in Arden's A1C was eight and a half. What's Abby's? Well, but she didn't have a, um, 
didn't she not have a CGM yet? Yeah, but that's not the point. Where are you at? Do you not want to say? You don't have to say I, if you don't want to say. No, no, no. Oh, I, okay. I would be fine with saying we haven't done an in-person A1C, I think, for like almost nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going next week. But um, but sh- the last time we had an in-person, she was around like six. Oh, that's amazing. Which is, which is no, it's great. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I think like we still have a lot of highs. We still have a lot of lows. I want to get it more stable. Stable, I, I right? Guess. Yeah, the A one C is not the end all be all. Obviously, you're looking for time, right. time and range, um, less variability, and those sorts right. of things that lead to better health. But my point is that you haven't been doing it that long, and right. you've just described a, a a situation where things seem pretty healthy for her mentally, and that's amazing. And then you can yeah. figure the rest of this stuff out. And, you know, dialed in. I don't, I always am amazed at how quickly people think it's going to work. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you made like a different correlation, like if you made me a a, a quarterback in the NFL and you were a person who two years ago said, you know what, I'm going to be a quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to listen to Scott's podcast about being a quarterback, <laughs> right? And two years in, you were a proficient high school quarterback. Would you be like, I can't believe I'm not an NFL quarterback yet? Like, you wouldn't. You'd be like, wow, this seems like a long process. It's the fact that it's health that makes it seem, and it is, I'm not going to lie. like it's More a, dire. Yeah, it feels dire, right? But you're probably doing amazing. I mean, if you're at a 6A1C, even with some lows and highs, you probably don't see blood sugars over 200 very often, right? Um, we, we do, we do. Um, are they big spikes that you get back right away? Yes. Yes. Let's just say like, I don't leave her. I don't leave her hot very long. Like, um, there are nights though. And, and I think it comes back to the food. Like I have to get better at the food. Um, nights are, nights are very hard. Um, I, we try, I, I try to do dinner early thinking that like I can, you know, get her where I want to be before she goes to bed, but it never seems to work out that way. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's almost comical, you know, we'll be like, okay, Abby, go to bed. And it's and your third child. So with like two teenage siblings, so she does not go to bed early. Right. Um, you know, like my, my oldest, you know, when he was 11, he went to bed at like, I don't know, nine or something. Right. And this kid, you know, can go all night, you know, because the house doesn't stop, you know, till very late. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like she goes to bed early, but like literally it'll be like, okay, Abby, go to bed. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like, you know, the beeping starts and it's like, she's either going up or she's going down. And again, the only time that I get upset is if I have to disturb her. So like, it's one thing I, I hate it when she's high, but at least it's me being up at night and not her being up at night when she's low you know, I, I, I can get her to drink in her sleep, but like, I don't like disturbing her, you know, like I would rather, um, I would rather it be me having to be up than her having to be up. Well, that so. sounds like a something you should tell a therapist, Bonnie, but don't worry about it. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let it impact what you're doing in the moment. I mean, oh I, no, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Like I do what I have to do. I just hate it. You know, right. if I have to bother her. Well, I I can't say I don't understand. I can just say that I I would hope you'd find a way past that. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it, that would be like saying, you know, when you're in the hospital and they draw your blood at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't think the nurse feels bad. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I no. The, I think the nurse is like, well, this is what we have to do. 
That's it. Right. No, and exactly. And, 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 you know, we do what we have to do. Um, but you don't want it to happen and you hear that it's not happening to some people. Yes. And, right. Yes. Yes. And, and I really, really want the new Omnipod. The Omnipod 5. <laughs> like a, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm like, you know, on bated breath for that. Um, because I think, and I almost feel like, like I'd be cheating a little bit, but I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest thing you've said so far. <laughs> but if, is it really? I mean, like, I, I want to figure it out and I am trying to figure it out. But if that can help me, then, you know, that's okay too. <laughs> I don't know what I, I wouldn't, I don't subscribe to that idea at all. So I get that you want to be able to figure it out and that it feels like you should be able to do it with a hammer and a screwdriver. Um, and mm-hmm. you don't, and you don't want a Tesla, you know what I mean? Like, but if, if that's what works, then that's what works. I, yeah, yeah. I'm and, all for it. <laughs> and anybody who would say, well, what would happen if one day Abby grows up and doesn't have insurance and she can't afford her Omnipod 5 anymore. To that, I would say, well, then we'll take all these great years of health and then Abby can figure it out, right? Right. Because whatever Abby mm-hmm. figures out when she's 11 isn't going to be applicable when she's 35 to begin with. So it doesn't matter, right? right? So I I don't understand people who are like, no, skip the technology, really bare bones. Like, I you should know how to give a shot. You should know how to stop a spike. You should know how to fix a low. Like, and you know all that. So if there's, mm-hmm. if there's, if there's going to be technology that is going to, <clears throat> I'll tell you that I think the algorithms are most valuable at stopping lows. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's just say if there's a piece of technology that at eight o'clock at night can say to itself, at 10, this girl's going to get low. I'm going to start taking her basil away now so that that doesn't happen. That's not cheating. That's amazing. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I cannot wait for it. I cannot wait for it. You know, and, and again, I feel very lucky that like, you know, she was diagnosed at like a really good time, you know, in terms of technology, sure. you know, there's so much and it's just getting so much better every day that, yep. you know, I couldn't ask for more than that. This is it. And I mean, you and I are recording now in May and in all honesty, mm-hmm. June, July, this might not go up until like Halloween. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, you and I are the only ones saying it. I would be really surprised if Omnipod 5 is not out pretty soon. So, I hope so, and then it just I comes down so. to insurance and, you know, and, and getting it going. I'm excited to get right. it for Arden. Like, I love looping, but uh-huh. I want to try Omnipod 5. I don't, um, loop has that link that goes between. So, I, right. I'm so sorry. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this out. <clears throat> Dying over here. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not your fault. Loop has. I think it said I didn't have my tea this morning. Um, <laughs> Loop has um, Loop has you know phone algorithm on your phone. It has the CGM, it has the pump, and then there's this other thing that links them all together. It's this sort of bridge, right? Some people call mm-hmm. it a Riley link. Arden's using an orange link, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to carry around. Whereas Omnipod Five will have the algorithm printed right on the board of the Omnipod. Like, so it lives with you. So you could walk away from your phone. You could walk away from anything and the algorithm will keep working. That's mm-hmm. to me is very cool. And an Arden wants that. Um, now you can be more aggressive with loop because the settings are user definable and there's no FDA telling you what to do. Right. 
So right. we're gonna have to get Omnipod five and see how I, I can't wait to get it and see what I can figure out with it. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm assuming the target's gonna be like one ten. That seems to mm-hmm. be where the FDA is putting everybody. So um I can't wait to see how you can kind of be more aggressive with settings and and do what we need to do. Now in the end, I'm gonna do whatever is best for Arden. But mm-hmm. taking Arden out of the picture for a second, Omnipod five is going to, for most people living on insulin, it's going to make an incredible improvement for their health. And, right. and that's really the focus should be. Like it's, you know, if you have a 4.8 A1C and you're eating, you know, keto and maybe this thing isn't for you. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you're in a very special situation if that's you. So for most people, people are walking around with eight, nine, 10 A1Cs, people with 12 A1Cs who have just resolved themselves. Like, I'm going to die. It's okay. I'm not. I can't, <laughs> like, and there are people doing that. Like, I know that you're listening to the podcast. It doesn't feel that way. And interacting online through the Facebook page for the podcast, you think, oh, everybody's trying so hard. But there are also people who are trying really hard who have absolutely no success and, right. and have resolved themselves to it. This thing, you could slap this on them and make a major improvement in their life in no time. That's the right. that's the leap. And then, okay, well, we're going to, I mean, I'm going to personally be up Omnipod's butt to make it more customizable. And, you know, I'm, every time I talk to them, I mention it. I've been doing it for years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sticking up for you guys with a lot of different companies uh, behind the scenes. I, I'm always making the case for people who are... um very involved and need the autonomy to make decisions. So I don't know how valuable I am, but I'm always in there swinging for everybody. Well, it it can't hurt. (laughs) And it can't hurt just to mention it sometimes because you don't realize too, sometimes you're talking to somebody in a company, like they're making a thing. They're not like, they're not living your life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're like, look, this is my job. I make an insulin pump. Here it is. You know, we've done it. It's an amazing improvement for a vast majority of people with type one diabetes. From their perspective, it's an incredible thing. And they're not wrong. No, it is. Right. But they need to hear from everybody. So Right. Real real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um no, I, I I I'm so excited for it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait too. I just emailed my guy um two weeks ago and I was like, Is there any news of when you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I can get and no, Yeah, it's like radio silence. Every yeah. time I've called, they're like, they don't know anything. Right. They haven't been given any information. And I get that, you know. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't get. Well, listen, my my, I'm not calling customer service when I uh, and I'm right. I'm, 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 <laughs> you have guys there. <laughs> and, and at the same time, it's still like, you know, I don't know or I can't say or you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of considerations for a public company trying to get something through the FDA. It, it right. is a very I mean, the process has to be you know, yes. crazy. Is- and, and plus with COVID and everything, everything was kind of slowed down, I'm sure. Yeah. And just regulatorily, they can't step up and like, let's say just take company X thought that something was going to be ready on June 10th. I'm now literally making up numbers and they mm-hmm. publicly start saying, we expect that the FDA is going to on June 10th. Like, that's not good. The FDA doesn't love that. Right. So you have to sit very quietly and say, we're in the process. We feel good about it. You know, um, we think it's going to happen in this time frame that that language is not to keep you upset. That language is the language they have to use. 
So, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's very interesting. Is there anything, Bonnie, that we have not spoken about that you wish we would have? Um, no, I mean, it was, it was really nice talking with you. Um, I, I love listening to the podcast. I, um, found it pretty much right after she was diagnosed. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, you know, when she was diagnosed, I guess, you know, people are like, what, what can I do? What can I do? And she, I guess, did some research and she, emailed me like a whole list of like resources. And one of them was your podcast. And truthfully, I didn't even know how to listen to a podcast. I had to ask my older son. Um, I was like, so, so how does this work? (laughs) And he showed me that there was an app and everything like that. But, um, but it was, it was very helpful. It was help. It's always helpful to like hear other people's experiences. Um, I love the pro tip series and defining diabetes. I loved the one you did with um, where it was uh, almost like what what do you um, what should you somebody who what do you tell like a family member oh, yeah. um, who what do you want them to say you know I can't even think of I can't describe it well enough do you know what I'm what I'm talking I about do. I do and ironically I'm the worst person to describe the podcast to people because. I'm so far ahead of where you, all of you are. Right. That, right. that you're that you're just like, like I'm like the I'm like the guy that gets the episodes like before they come out. So I'm uh-huh. and so now I'm looking on my own website because that and that feels douchey, just so you know. No, but no, you know no, what I'm talking me. about. Yeah, like, I'm trying to like, find ha- it. Yeah. I loved that one. And I gave that one, I sent that one to like all of my family and all of my friends, and I'm like this, this is like diabetes basics. And like, this is what, you know, I want you to know. And this is how I want you to talk about it to me or, you know, that kind of thing. So I I love that one. It's episode 371. It's called diabetes pro tip explaining type one. Yes, Yes. that one. And, um, I think that was really important. Um, because I, I actually really like talking about it. I like when people ask me questions, Mm. um, so, you know, oh, she's, she's, she's high. What does that mean? Okay. Well that means, and, and I think it's really important. And I keep trying to tell Abby, you know, again, maybe it's her, it's the age that she's at, but she's not, um, she doesn't hide her, her, um, Omnipod or her Dexcom. She paints the pods. Um, she right. loves it when people notice, like if they're pretty, um, and, you know, I keep telling her, you know, it's important that people that you help people understand this. So if people have questions or if they're looking at something, you know, that's your opportunity to be like, Oh, well, this is what it is. And this is what it means. And, you know, um, I think that that's, that's really important. So, um, I, uh, I definitely took to that episode. (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. I really am. I, um, I love this podcast, so I, you couldn't get me to say anything (laughs) bad about it. I think it's amazing. I love how it finds people at all different parts of journeys and that it seems to be able to help them. Like I just heard that from you. And at the same time, if I opened my email, the email I got right before I went to bed last night was from somebody who had diabetes for over 30 years and found the podcast and did the exact same thing for them that it did for you. And so that's super exciting to me that it, that it applies, um, took me years for people to say, Oh, this is just for parents. Right. 
Like that, mm-hmm. that would happen to me for years. And I was like, no, it's not like it works for everybody. Like insulin works the same in you as it does in a little kid. Fascinating, isn't it? And um, it, it really is. Know, yeah. Right. So while everybody else is busy saying, you know, your diabetes may vary. I was like, yeah, I get that. But I don't think that's true necessarily. Like, I, I mean, I do see that it's different from person to person in scenario to scenario. And there's a ton of variabilities. But at its core, basil does what basil does. You know, your boluses do what they do. And I think that along the way, people's misunderstanding about how insulin works or their inability to apply it correctly is what makes them think that diabetes varies so much. Because I know what Arden's blood sugar is, meaning like I can picture her last 24 hours. And if Mm -hmm. you picked up Arden, threw her out the window, brought a different person in here and dropped them in here and said, here, Scott, fix this person's settings and and treat them like it's Arden for a day, then I'd have that person's blood sugar that way too. And so, so if that's the truth and it is, then I think with time, then anybody could do that. It's just important when you hear me say that to recognize that Arden's had diabetes since she was two. She's going to be 17 in a month or two, um, that Mm -hmm. I've been terrible at diabetes. I've been okay at it. I've been good at it. And I've been where I am now. And that it's a process and you're going to get to it, but you don't have to have 350 blood sugars while you're figuring it out. Right. No. And and I also like, I think that's also really important to hear, you know, because yes, you're, you know, a master at it now, but I I think it's also very important for people to hear, you know what? I sucked at it at one point. So, you know, um, yeah. Because I think as parents, like, you know, we do feel bad when things don't go right for our kids, you know, um, where, you know, or like I messed this up or, you know, I'm doing harm to my child, you know, and, and, um, adults so it's feel important. the same way. Adults with type one feel the same exact way. They feel like they're hurting themselves and it's just, right. Yeah. But they have the luxury of giving up where parents, and I don't mean luxury in the exact sense of the word, but they do, they have the luxury of being like, Oh, I can't do this. And like kind of letting it go in their head or mm-hmm. pushing it to the back and not dealing with it. Whereas a parent, you're never going to be able to do that. Right. You know, you're just always going to be like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I have to tell you right. that no one's ever um, equated me to anything from Star Wars. And um, <laughs> I really I appreciate that as a person who, um, this is probably a, a story I'll leave you with that I don't think anybody of any reasonable age that's not old can appreciate. But uh-huh. when The Empire Strikes Back came out in theaters. Mm hmm. I believe it was 77 or 78-ish in that space, which makes me six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. um, my entire school went to see the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my entire school went to the front doors. We lined up. So imagine every kid in the school got in a double line. It started at the front door, and it snaked, uh-huh. it snaked all through the building. And we just walked out the front door, through the parking lot, out to a sidewalk, probably a block and a half to the left, two blocks to the right, three blocks back to the right, to the right again. We crossed a major highway-like situation. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a highway, but like a massive like five-lane road. That, and we crossed that road into the parking lot of a strip center. We walked through the front of the parking lot into the front of this little mall. And then we filled three theaters, four theaters wow. that were all showing The Empire Strikes Back. My entire school saw it together. 
And then we went. That's a then, cool story. Yeah, and then we went, <laughs> we went back the same exact way. A snake of children going through a town to go see Star Wars, which probably seems silly now that you can download it onto your phone. But back then. Well, right. But yeah, yeah. That's how we had to get to it. And it, it made it. Um, it made it like huge in my mind. I, I, I miss you. you want me to say something old. I miss that. There's, I, I, I don't dislike that. There's so many options in the world, but uh-huh. when things were more special, it made things more special. Like, so oh, I'll like yeah. never forget that, but I do not remember downloading movies that I loved. So I'll never have a story about that. That's for sure. So no, I, I remember when, um, I remember seeing E.T. and waiting for it to come out on VHS. Um, and it was months. It, it's not like these things happened like quickly, like they do now, you know, where they're like in the movie theater. And then like, you know, a few months later, it was, you know, on, you can see it on again, you know, streaming or whatever. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it was you know, more than months. It was like a year was or a year. something yeah. before it came out. And I just remember waiting for that. <laughs> waiting and waiting and waiting to see it one more time or exactly the, the Charlie Brown Halloween special was only on once for 30 minutes a year and you had Mm -hmm. no ability to find it anywhere else, which is, which by the way, now that it's, it's, I can watch it whenever I want. I realize it's not very good, but, but, but but when you, it's really just a bunch of little cartoon kids calling one kid stupid. (laughs) Right. Right. When you break it down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that guy, something's up with him. Let's throw a rock at him. Uh Like it's basically like that. Um, but yeah, that you could only see it one time. Like I remember being in a restaurant the Friday night that it was going to be on one time, and and just sitting there sweating bullets, looking at my parents like, "You don't you make us late for Charlie Brown? Like we got to get home, you know." And then just flopping yourself on the floor and watching it. Like you didn't move. You sat and you watched the commercials because you were afraid if you walked away, you'd miss something. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I know the Mounds and Almond Joy commercials so well. Because they would always sponsor. That's true. That's true. Like the kids, I don't think know commercials very well because they don't watch them. That's why when I'm singing jingles in my house and my kids are like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh my God, that's drilled into my head. I can't forget that. If they would have put algebra Uh in commercials, (laughs) then I'd know algebra. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Bonnie, it was really nice talking to you. I appreciate you doing this. It was nice speaking to you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, really. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I want to thank Bonnie for coming on the show and sharing her story. I want to thank you for listening, for sharing the podcast with other people, and for just generally and just generally for being terrific. I really appreciate how much you guys support the show and listen and download and subscribe and I couldn't ask for anything more. A really wonderful group of people. Thank you so much. I'll be back very soon with another episode.